0: This is Ian Perry. Welcome to Keeping Green, the show where we discuss environmental topics in southern Alberta and surrounding regions. We broadcast on Treaty 7 land and in Métis Region 3 at CJSW 90.9 FM from the University of Calgary. Nobody would question the cultural significance of Stonehenge or the pyramids of Egypt, each dating to about 5,000 years ago, But in coastal British Columbia, there is an ongoing battle to protect forests that date to 10,000 years ago and which have just as much cultural significance. Here to discuss that is Torrance Cost. Stick around. Torrance Cost is the... National campaign director for the Wilderness Committee, it's a nonprofit organization dedicated to protecting wildlife, defending parks, safeguarding public resources, and fighting for a healthy climate. Uh, did, I, did I leave anything out or, or get anything wrong there?
1: No that sounds about right um we We were founded in uh, in nineteen eighty so over forty years ago now and uh we're a grassroots organization that uh that gets out into communities and uh and fights for what people what people care about and you know there's 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 plenty of concern plenty of power concerned with extracting resources and 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 cashing in uh and a, and a little bit less uh about protecting the things that matter most to people um you know these these wild spaces clean water clean air. A safe climate, uh, protected species, and uh, and that's what we're all about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can you give us um, just a, a a bit of a land acknowledgement uh, for us in southern Alberta? Um, it would be great to hear uh, what some of the indigenous groups in your area are.
1: Absolutely. So, so I'm, uh, I'm calling in today from my home on, uh, on the territories of the Malahat and Cowichan, uh, peoples, uh, both, uh, both Co- Coast Salish nations on, on the Southeastern part of Vancouver Island, uh, roughly on the Island where a lot of my work is concentrated. Uh, the Southeastern part is, is in the territories of, uh, of several Coast Salish nations. The West coast, uh, is that of the new channel people, uh, and the northeast is uh, part of the Kwakwaka'wakw territory, which is another big cultural group. All in all, there's about fifty. There's just over fifty distinct First Nations with with territories on Vancouver Island, uh, and then and then uh, hundreds others across BC. Um, it's really important to to um, to note that the vast majority of BC uh, isn't uh, isn't under a, a historic treaty, a numbered treaty. Um, there are a couple of modern treaties, but the vast majority of BC is, is unceded land. And, uh, and that's, that's a critical, uh, point to note, um, you know, treated or not when we're talking about forests, when we're talking about the environment, uh, every tree in B.C. or Alberta grows on the territory of an Indigenous nation. Every every river flows through that of an Indigenous nation. And when we're advocating for uh for for a better way to uh, look after uh, these ecosystems, we we have to we have to note that that, that must be centered in injustice for those nations. Um, we can't talk about protecting forests or fighting climate change or protecting species without with out talking about uh, the rights, title, authority, and sovereignty of those nations, and and solutions to these uh, environmental and ecological crises uh, have to be centered in uh, returning land to those nations and in achieving justice uh, and and moving forward in a better way.
0: Hmm. Rightfully said. Um, I want to discuss more about that as we move along here, uh, but to set the stage for our. Our Southern Alberta audience, can you describe the landscape in question—the the old growth of Southwest Vancouver Island and and elsewhere?
1: Yeah. So uh, essentially, there's there's the biggest ocean in the world, and then and then a series of mountain ranges uh, between it and and where your audience will be. Um, and and you know one of the nations that I one of the big cultural groups that I mentioned earlier the New Channel uh, the the rough translation of that is is between mountains and the sea, and that's that's the setting for a lot of the forests that the Wilderness Committee uh, and other other parts of the environmental movement advocate for. Uh, it's extremely wet. Uh, one of the forest types is is called hyper maritime uh, cedar hemlock uh, forests, and uh, and there are some exceptions to that um but for the most part it's it's dominated by water uh rainforests uh are are the the center of the battle uh on the coasts here and then there are pockets of rainforest uh, elsewhere in bc uh there's a there's a substantial uh section of, of of what's technically rainforest around revelstoke probably the closest to to your area and uh and an old growth forest forests that haven't been logged industrially occur all over uh british columbia so 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 B.C. is roughly 94 94 million hectares in size and 60 million of that uh, is or or was before industrial logging covered in forest. Um, So a a substantial part of the of the of the province. Um, The reason these forests have significance is is because of that, because of the temperate climate and the abundance of water. um, It's ideal growing conditions for for, uh, rainforest for some of the species of trees that grow here so when people most people when they hear the term rainforest they think of tropical rainforests and when it comes to biodiversity uh those those are those are tops you know when it comes to the amount of species uh plant and animal species fungus species in in per square kilometer say uh you know the amazon the congo uh forests of of borneo and indonesia these are these are loaded with species But when it comes to a less common term, uh, biodensity, so so the amount of organic matter uh, per square kilometer, that's that occurs in the in, in what Americans call the Pacific Northwest and and I guess what we would call the Pacific Southwest uh, here in BC. The forests uh, here are are have the most uh, the most living matter of of just about any ecosystem type in the world, and that's critical in twenty twenty one because that organic matter is made out of carbon uh, that that can either be stored uh, that can be stored in a couple places within the biosphere or is released into the atmosphere uh, when it's when it 's burned uh, or when it decomposes and and so we have an outsized responsibility here uh, in southwestern bc and 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 anywhere where old growth forest occurs uh, to, to to keep it standing and to keep that that uh, carbon in the biosphere where it's where it 's stable and safe uh, and keep it out of the atmosphere where it 's driving the climate crisis the, the challenge of our time
0: yeah yeah I'm really glad you sort of got into the the technicality of of the forest in in a sense in how it stores material because I think some of these terms like biodiversity and old growth can be somewhat slippery and I'll just ask you about the government's definition of old growth and perhaps have they misled the public?
1: Yeah. Um, good, uh, good, good segue. Yeah. The, the government, um, you know, they, they have a, they have a really strong motivation uh, to, to, to maintain the status quo here. Uh, these, these forests, you know, we can get into their, spoke rough, a little bit about their ecological uh, value. They have this extreme cultural value and, and, and spiritual value. They also have a lot of economic value. They're, they're worth a lot of money uh, to a lot of companies and, and government has an interest in, in maintaining that access to, to that, to that value. Um, So when we protect forests, uh, both historically and, and contemporarily, we government cherry picks the, the, the least, the least valuable. Uh, And, and again, there's huge overlap between value, uh, economic value and ecological value. So uh, for example, here on Vancouver Island, uh, about 13 or 14% of the island is protected, but more than half of that is in a single park, uh, a, Big mountain park in the middle of the island called Strathcona Park, and you know a huge chunk of that area is above the tree line. Uh, it's it's rock and snow. Uh, there's lots of subalpine forests. Uh, again, high elevation, uh, less productive forests that grow smaller trees, contain less biodiversity and uh, and store less carbon. They they have their value. Uh, they're not they're not not worthy of protection. But in BC and I believe in Alberta too, they're they're dramatically overrepresented in the protected area system uh, because, because logging corporations were never going to get to them anyway. Uh, it costs too much to go way up the sides of mountains and, and take these smaller, scrubby trees. Uh, and so it's, it's politically easy for government to protect those, uh, leave the valley bottoms where where there's more biodiversity and, and these bigger trees, these uh, more iconic forests, uh, and leave them open to logging and then, and then to call it good to, to say that they're doing a good job because X percentage, X percentage of the old growth is protected. The other the other piece that's that's really important is is government presents the uh, amount of old growth that they've protected as a percentage of what remains, rather than a percentage of what. Was So uh, it it would be like, you know, promising if you had a full glass of water and you promised never to drink the bottom quarter of it. Right. One quarter of the water is 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 currently protected. But if you took a huge swig of that glass of water, you know, and it was now half full, you could say, hey, 50 percent of that water is protected. Right, so so, and that's the lot. If you if you drank the other quarter, you could say a hundred percent of the water is protected, <laughs> and that's the uh, that's the model that uh, that the BC government, uh, you know, at, at kind of industry's beckon, uh, is is taking with old growth. Eventually, there might be a hundred percent protected old growth uh, in BC, and it'll be because the vast majority of it has been logged.
0: But I'm I'm fascinated by this idea that we have these thousand year ecological communities which are guided by policies that, that change with the stroke of a pen during the election cycle and that we seem to swing between favoring timber harvest and favoring forest protection depending on, on the government in power. And this idea, of course, comes from this policy recommendation by Al Gorely and, and Gary Merkel called uh, A New Future for Old Forests. And the Wilderness Committee has released a report card grading the Horgan government on its performance with the policy recommendations in this document. Can you speak to that?
1: So I just want to jump in quickly. Uh, when you when you introduced that that question, you said these are thousand year old ecological communities, yeah. and that's that's you know they're, they're much older than that. Some of the individual trees themselves can be a thousand years. Uh, the 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 forests themselves uh, in in most of BC they have been developing and evolving uh, since the last uh, ice age. So so they're closer to 10,000 years. Um, and that's a significant uh, piece that, that only amplifies the, the point you were getting at. Um, so the the BC government, to, to kind of break down uh, the last... Couple years uh, in this province, the BC government was feeling the heat on old growth. This isn't a new issue. Again, the Wilderness Committee was formed around this issue uh, almost a decade before I was born, and uh, folks have been fighting on it for a long, long time. And, and most of the protected old growth that exists is because of, of hard-fought activism campaigns and government finally, uh, finally caving. Um, so, so the BC government in 2019 said, "Hey, you know, we we know there's a problem. We're going to do." Uh, a, a strategic review and we at the time we said you know what that's not really necessary there's massive public support for protecting old growth uh you know the answer is simple let's have a logging industry but let's limited limit it to trees that were planted by human beings not trees that have developed over millennia uh in in ecosystems that have de- developed over millennia pardon me um and and uh, but the government said we're doing this review uh and the government to or the, the they appointed a two-person panel that took almost two years uh or pardon me uh, almost a year uh they consulted uh you know hundreds of people in person they heard from thousands of people via written submissions and they compiled this report and they gave it to government on april uh 30th uh 2020 right so so not actually that far from a year ago government sat on that report for a while and then published it on September 11th uh 2020. So, uh so 6 months ago exactly today. Uh and and our report card that we put out today is grading the progress made uh since that release. They released the report and they said a government released the report that the panel had written. They said we're committed to this report and we're going to implement its recommendations in their totality. That report contains some sp- very specific, unambiguous do within 6 months. Deadlines, and you know, again, they've had the report for closer to a year. They committed to it six months ago, so by any measure, that six month is up. Six months is up, and uh, and we're grading uh, our report card today. Uh, graded Graded the Oregon government on how it's done uh, in 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 living up to uh, to that to those deadlines um, and to those commitments, and and unfortunately, the grades are very poor.
0: Yeah, I see that. Um and so getting at the the idea we we started to talk about in in indigenous uh representation as a starting point as you said how how have they done on that front
1: uh i mean as a as a settler uh, and as a representative of a of a of a non governmental organization uh, that that doesn't uh, specifically work for for indigenous peoples, um, I'm I'm reluctant to to grade. I'm I'm comfortable to grade government on how they're doing on uh, ecological policy measures, but not on how they're doing on on uh, fixing fixing BC's relationship with indigenous peoples. That judgment should be made by those nations. Um, we're concerned that there is a lot of pressure uh on on first nations a lot of economic pressure to uh participate in the status quo on their territories so most uh most indigenous nations the bulk of the forest in their territory is is held uh in tenure so uh technically it's crown i mean morally it's their land technically it's crown land and it's leased out to logging companies uh in in long-term uh tenures. and uh and, and, and those companies manage them as if they're their own. And they're legally bound to uh, let you know, notify nations of their logging plans and their forest management plans. But there's currently no legal recourse for, for First Nations to, to say no. You know, if a logging company says, hey, we want to log this valley, the First Nations can't say no. Uh, or, or they can't say no in a, in a means that needs to be listened to. And that's why over the course of BC's history that the two means that nations have uh, to stop logging companies and, and government if, when they don't want them to log is blockades and, uh, and legal uh, title cases, um, which uh, both of which are ongoing. Um, So for government to say, you know, hey, uh, we we need to we need to consult uh, and and we're not going to protect a single tree without uh, without First Nations say so. That's an excellent standard, but it's currently a double standard because logging is not held to that same to that same standard. Um, You know, a logging company doesn't have to get permission uh, from a nation to to cut forest in its territory down. and, And and that needs to change.
0: I sort of find with conservation issues, there's this similar pattern where you've got one group that is talking about economic well-being and job creation or job loss, and then you've got another group talking about ecosystem services and uh, cultural benefits, and the the groups are, are talking past one another. So I feel like we have to frame the economy and economic success in terms of the well-being of our ecosystems and as i've said on the show before we need to see our economy as being inside the, the natural world and not beside it or separate from it and and there's this great piece by uh trevor hancock in in the colonist in victoria about replacing GDP with some kind of wellness index for a measure of our society's strength, um, This wellness, I think, starts with clean air, clean water, and connection to place, and a place which bears ecological integrity. So can, can you talk about how, how much the old growth plays a part in, in this idea?
1: Yeah, um, that's a that's a that's a big question. And and, and the value, the value of these forests. I mean, there's there's many of us that are are, our lives work is trying to protect them. and, And it's a it's a number one issue for for thousands of people in BC. And it's and it's because because that value is just so intuitive uh, at the same time it's so broad and deep that it can be hard to, to summarize so so I'll do my best but uh, essentially I mean you know again I've, I've spoken to the economic value of it and there's there's no sense denying that uh, these these massive trees uh, grow some of the, the biggest uh, clearest grain uh, most valuable wood products in the world and uh, and that's just that that's the way it is um, but you know we need to have some balance and, and, and that value has been prioritized. That was something that the independent panel recognized that value has been prioritized over all others for too long. And, and, uh, it's time, it's time to balance that out a bit. So other values, I mean, there's obvious economic ones, right? Uh, the, the, when you watch a, like a provincial government tourism video, uh, I mean, Alberta similar, right? It's, it's not, it's not like, you know, industrial, uh, Parts of of northern Alberta. It's not uh, you know um, Edmonton in the winter. It's not downtown Calgary. Right. It's Banff, Jasper, sweeping yeah. vi- prairie vistas, things like that. The BC government, you know, half the shots in a in a tourism video will be in Standing Old Growth forests, uh, and and the economic value. You know, people come from all over the world. These these are still some of the biggest trees uh, on the planet, right? And some of the most extensive tracts of, of rainforest in a couple areas uh, on. On the planet and, and that's significant. Um, there's there's also you know in a in a, in a changing climate there's there's emerging research that shows that intact ecosystems of any type anywhere in the world uh, so in, in BC that that's mostly forests uh, places with intact uh, ecosystems are are going to have an easier time buffering the impacts of climate change um, yeah. so these forests actively fight climate change by by pulling carbon out of the atmosphere and, and storing it long term uh, and 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 then they also buffer the impacts of climate change by by uh, regulating heat uh, regulating extreme weather events uh, clarifying water things like that Um, so you know (laughs) lots of governments deny it but climate change is going to cost us a hell of a lot of money uh, in in the coming years and decades and and the more uh, the more intact ecosystems we can set aside the 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 more efficient it's going to be the less it's going to cost us um, there's the, uh, so yeah, the, the climate value is a huge one. Um, I think that, that for a lot of folks, you know, we, we feel this, we feel this underlying, uh, this underlying frustration and this underlying dissatisfaction about the relationship between, uh, BC or Alberta or Canada and indigenous peoples. And, 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 and we want to do better. Um, you know, we, we want decolonization, we want reconciliation and, uh, Indigenous and and that means res- respecting indigenous cultures and and allowing them to to, to continue and thrive and 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 uh, you know resurge, and and those are based in growth forest they're based in ecosystems that have been here for thousands of years as their people and their cultures are right their cultures aren't 50 years old and so if all that's left is 50 year old forest that's going to be a huge uh, a huge huge problem right there's there's really obvious examples like uh like the dugout canoe culture uh, most west coast nations pre-contact the primary mode of transportation was these huge dugout canoes that 30 or 40 people could sit in you can't make those out of a 20 year old tree right those require uh an old growth cedar tree at least 500 years old and if there's no more of those that part of the culture is threatened and, and several uh several prolific uh, carvers and 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 indigenous rights activists uh from communities here on the west coast make that link uh, far more eloquently than than me um and uh yeah i mean this, uh, this, this, this spiritual connection for the rest of us, right. Um, you know, the, 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 the time we spend in cities, Canada is one of the most urban countries in the world. And, and again, you know, research on this is emerging. The time we spend outside, uh, in, 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 in the environment, in forests, especially, uh, it does wonders for our, for our physical and mental health. And, and, you know, those, those costs are usually the most expensive line item of, of any society is healthcare. And, uh, and, and if we're again, you know, removing, uh, too great a percentage of these naturally ecosystems those costs are only going to rise too so it feels weird to to stack this up in 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 in, in dollars costs but that's the primary argument uh, made for for the status quo for continuing to log these non-renewable forests uh, and 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 it doesn't even make sense because the the, the vast uh, the vast benefits and the, and the vast value uh, in terms of dollars or any other measure of, of leaving them standing because of their scarcity now now far surpasses uh, you know the, the the quick, easy profit of cutting them down and, and
0: selling the wood And forego millions of dollars of tourism dollars but to also uh, take away from the quality of of visitation and the quality of connection to place that people who come here experience and therefore Remove the ability to to tend to mental health problems.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunately a, de- a dead end for for, for the workers um, who are who are being used, usually by government and and, and companies to uh, to rationalize uh, this kind of resource extraction, be it be it fossil fuels, um, you know, uh, coal or, or tar sands oil in Alberta, or old growth forests, which have the same finite nature. Right, we can't replant. Old growth forest. We can replant trees, but it's not the same. And if too much of the economy, if if too many of our of our of our friends and neighbors work in those sectors. What's the plan for when for when they run out because they will right um in the or in the case of fossil fuels if if we even come close to using the mop then then you know our our climate's we're in big trouble um so so we need to to move away from these resources and in the case of old growth there's only another decade probably of 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 substantial growth logging left, and then what's the plan for those workers because if if they if if the workforce of the logging industry can't be sustained on forests that humans planted, that the industry itself planted right now, how's that going to be any different in 10 years? And, and what's going to happen to those workers and communities then? So that's a, that's a frustrating piece, this really short-term uh, boom bust, uh, you know, looking at, looking at election cycles, looking at, uh, you know, quarterly profit reports and, and planning based on that. It's, it's, it's not a long-term path for us. And I, I think we have a lot to learn from these forest ecosystems where, you know, a, a tree will, will grow for 800 years and then fall down and two more 800-year-old trees will, will sprout up off of that and, and grow for, for, for centuries. Um, you know, it's, it's a longer-term way of thinking and, and looking at things. Uh, it's, it's the primary economic worldview of, of most of the Indigenous communities that I've had the privilege to get to know and, and, and work with. And, uh, and I think we
0: need to be uh, look, taking a little longer view. I want to ask you how your your Big Tree Tuesday phone uh, blitz uh, is going.
1: They've, they've been great. Um, it's, it's, it's been a tactic to, uh, to get people, uh, involved and, and, and get people to be able to take action, uh, in COVID, you know, uh, just about a year ago, rallies, marches, uh, physical gatherings, these things ground to a halt like they did for everything else. And, and people are hungry for action. Um, you know, there's a huge, uh, physical mobilization underway, uh, on Southwestern Vancouver Island at a, at a place called Ferry Creek, uh, if you Google Ferry Creek or Ferry Creek blockades, there's been uh, land defenders uh, taking a stand out there for for se- se- just about seven months today actually. Uh and and you know, to, to prevent old growth logging. Not everyone can get out there, not everyone can participate. And of course numbers out there are being limited uh for COVID safety. Um and and to give people a chance to weigh in. We we, we launched this phone blitzes. We've done four of them. The last one was yesterday or two days ago and uh and close to five hundred people made calls to the premier, to the forest minister, to the environment minister and to a specific logging company. And uh, basically Basically shut their offices down for for the day, and uh, and and got that message through. So you know, this is just one tactic we rolled out, but it went really well, and and uh, and I think we, we folks had a lot of fun with it.
0: That's great to hear. Um, do you want to leave us with any parting message? I know I didn't prep you for this.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, follow our work at, wildernesscommunity.org. wildernesscommittee.org. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter at Torrance Cost. And, uh, yeah, um, I'd love to learn more about, uh, about forest conservation work and, 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 general, uh, environmental activism in southern Alberta. Um, I'm connected with, with some of the movement in, in the cities and, and around, uh, tar sands expansion in the north. But, um, I'd like to learn specifically more about some southern Alberta environmental issues and, and hopefully uh, amplify them and build some connections. So, I encourage folks to reach out, um, and uh, thanks so much for for listening.
0: That's our episode. Remember, you can find Keeping Green at cjsw.com. Just search Keeping Green and follow us on Twitter at keeping underscore podcast. Until next time, keep it green.